All right. Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of the Roscoe's Wetsuit Podcast. I am with a special guest today. We have Christine Ovsepian on the show. Uh, at an early age, Christine heard the call to be of service to humanity. Spending time in nature, praying, and meditating guided her to where she is today. Her journey of permanent positive change guided her towards hypnotherapy, spirituality, and embracing her intuitive gifts. She became an intuitive healer, certified hypnotherapist, life coach, and author, bringing universal wisdom, love, light, and healing to all who seek her services. Christine helps her clients overcome stress, anxiety, and other mental and emotional blocks that are caused by fears and limiting beliefs. Through her gifts of intuitive healing, combined with extensive training in psychology, hypnotherapy, NLP, EFT, and life coaching, she empowers clients to achieve their goals and dreams and experience inner peace and happiness in the areas of love, health, career, path, and purpose. Um, she also utilizes the following tools and techniques to achieve inner peace, self-love, balance, and happiness. Therapeutic meditations, energy healing, and Qigong energy healing, aromatherapy, uh, Bach flower remedy, crystal healing, and chakra balancing and breath work. Uh, Christine, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, so an interesting thing, uh, when I was just kind of uh, reading your, your one-pager here, so you, you, uh, you studied business management in, I guess, undergraduate, huh? And then, so how did, how did the shift, how did you end up kind of getting into this world from, from originally where you were? Well, that's a beautiful story. And so I'm going to try to keep it as short as possible. So, of course, growing up, I moved to the States at age 12. And of course, being in, from you know an immigrant family, my parents didn't know at all how to guide me. And I just kind of, they threw me against the current and they were like, okay, swim, try to figure it out. So I was trying to figure it, figure it life out. And um, I mean, I knew there was something within me that needed to be explored, but I just didn't know what it was. The only thing I knew was that I loved helping, you know, people and being of service to others. But I mean, that's just very vague. So um, but because I didn't know who I wanted to be, I tried, I changed probably majors five, six times until I finally kind of said, okay, I give up. I'll just get a business degree. It's kind of vague enough that <laughs> I might be able to do something with that. And I ended up, uh, while I was studying, of course, the business management courses that I was taking at Woodbury, I was also um, in accounting for about a decade because accounting was uh, um, part of our world that, you know, jobs were easy to find and there was a lot of demand and all that stuff. So I thought, you know, well, I mean, what else do I do? So I ended up in accounting and year after year, that world just, kind of started spiraling me down because although I enjoyed doing what I was doing, it was not my purpose. It just felt like every year that went by um, from job to job, let me tell you, in the 10 years that I was in accounting, I changed at least five jobs. <laughs> So it was just, you know, every time I would leave a job, I would feel, you know, liberated and then you know, bills would come through and you have to, you know, take care of your family and friends and, and, and to be of service, to help. So 
it was just a whole mess. For 10 years, I was just up and down, up and down, up and down, emotionally, mentally, physically, financially, spiritually. I mean, you call it, uh, you name it. Uh, and then around the 10th year, about the eighth year, that was like around 2008, things started to really spiral down because my emotional state was just getting so bad. There wasn't a week that I was in, at the doctor's office. And eventually my doctor just one day, because 10 plus years ago, we didn't have electronic files. Um, so it was a physical file and my doctor showed me my file and it was about this thick. And he said, you're in, not even in your mid thirties and you have a file of an 82 year old or eighties, a, a woman of eight in the eight in her eighties. So uh, he said, if you don't change something, this will, just keep getting worse because physically there was nothing that my doctors could pinpoint, but emotionally it was, my body was just spiraling. There was no physical ailments, but there were. And so it's, it, it was very evident that it was emotional. So my doctor said, you have to, whatever it is that's causing your emotional um, distress, you need to change that. And I knew there was only one area of my life, which was my career path. So uh, mind you, in the 10 years that as much as, as hard as I tried in accounting, I just didn't succeed the way I was expecting to succeed. And I was still pushing for the CPA exam. And uh, long story short, it just wasn't working out. Um, now knowing what I know energetically, I knew, if I knew what I know now, I would have never forced that because if you, in life, I always tell my clients, if something is forced, it's not meant to be. like change your direction. Uh, but I didn't know any better. Nobody teaches us these things. We don't go to school learning how energy works and how you know life works and how our purpose works. And so we constantly are kind of swimming against the current trying to succeed and, and, and have all these things that the American dream you know, offers and all that. So um, about 11 years ago, I really hit rock bottom and I realized that I just couldn't continue any longer. So I turned into deep, really prayer. Um, I guess that was also meditation because to me, I was just accessing a deeper part of me that I've never accessed before because, you know, no matter what our beliefs are, we have certain ways of when we're, in, you know, not feeling so great, we tend to just turn to source and say, please help me out. And then once we're out of it, we forget about it. But this time I knew it's like, I couldn't just be supported and then forget about it. There was something deeper. So I just started praying and, and really going to a park, actually spending a lot of times in a lot of time in nature and just praying and, and asking for help. And I knew that was something needed to change. And within months, I manifested my own layoff. <laughs> I even knew the day I went to work, I told my coworkers, I said, today is my last day and like they looked at me they're like what are you talking about at five o'clock I got that call although that call was one of the most dreadful experiences of my life but I just knew there was something inside of me told me you're never coming back to this again and so within three months it really like my awakening I didn't do hypnosis especially in my culture being Armenian we don't believe in therapy much it's like deal with your own problems right <laughs> or or um, hypnotherapy even more so. So I 
prayed one night and I went to sleep and I said, I just need some guidance. I, I need something. And that night I saw myself and I remember specifically still so vivid after 11 years. And I looked at myself and I said, I remember, I know who I am. I was wearing a white coat with a golden badge, but I knew I was not a doctor of any kind that, you know, especially Western. And I just looked at myself. I knew who I was. I woke up that morning. I took my laptop. I still remember. And I, in the corner in the search engine, I just put in um, hypnotherapy. And I looked at that word and I said, what is that? What is that? Because all I knew was of stage hypnosis where people, you know, have fun and they do silly things on stage. I didn't know anything about hypnotherapy. And as I Googled it, immediately my school in Tarzana popped up. And it just, honestly, from there on, I've been on a beautiful journey that I, I am grateful for every single day. Has it been easy, especially the first three, four years? No, there were plenty of times where I was thinking, oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> you put me on this path, help me, support me. But I believe the fact that I didn't give in and I didn't give up got me to where I am today, blessed and grateful every day. Do I still have experiences now? Yes. No one lives in the world of bliss 24-7. But overall, especially with what our world is going through now, my clients always tell me I'm in sessions now. I mean, I, I keep extending my hours where before I would be in sessions with clients from 10.30 a.m. to typically 9 p.m. Now I start even earlier, like tomorrow, one of my clients just reached out. He's like, I need to see you because people's emotional state now is just in such a sensitive place. And I do the best that I can to support everyone and anyone that reaches out to me in whatever form or way, because our world needs it. Humanity needs it now. It's, it's just, these are challenging times we're all going through and every day I'm grateful that I am able to be and stay centered and aligned and so many of my clients say well, how do you do it that we come into sessions and I do virtual sessions now and in-person sessions it just depends on my clients needs and what they're comfortable with but the ones that physically even come in or even I have clients all over the world so even with through zoom my clients always tell me how do you stay so balanced and peaceful and I say well it's daily journey and every day I begin my day with a meditation and I always stay focused and centered and grounded and so that I can be of service to others. Right. So question for you, do you, do you feel that uh, with, you know, what's been going on with COVID that people have become kind of more aware that they need to deal with some of these issues that, uh, you know, it's easy to kind of ignore you know, when we're so busy just going about our day-to-day -day lives and, you know, as you're talking about like work and career, you know, it, it takes so much time and energy that I think people like, you know, can sort of neglect this sort of other, these, this other stuff. Do you think that yeah. COVID though sort of caused people to, to identify, oh, you know, this is a, this is an issue that I really need to deal with? Absolutely. Absolutely. Without a doubt. I mean, I've always been blessed with, Many people that find me and come at, to help themselves heal. But since March of this year, it's, it's an entirely different flow that's happening. Um, first, the fact that we've been 
kind of all this quarantine and all that stuff and being at home, every individual, regardless whether um, they realize relationships need to heal or they themselves need to heal, people have had enough, more than enough time to go within because life is not keeping them busy anymore and they have to face it. So absolutely, absolutely. There's been like a, a, a kind of a flow of how it's happening. Many are realizing they need to heal their past and within healing their past, they're realizing they're, that they're awakening and, and waking up more to the world of what's really happening. And because we've all been so busy kind of keeping our heads down, right? Doing our own thing and everybody's busy working and, and paying bills and taking care of family or friends or this or that. And, and now there's, there's time for people to go within and realize that the only way in all reality as the humankind, not even just from individual to individual, we can survive this is really to go within and realize that we're each and every one of us are responsible for how we feel. The first, how we feel about ourselves, how we treat ourselves, because only and only then we can truly see how we're going to treat others. Because people who are hurt, hurt others. People who love themselves, love others. And it's that simple. And that's the movement that I'm, I've been seeing for the past seven plus months now, where people are realizing, well, I, I am extremely hard on myself. I'm extremely mean to myself. I have no self-love or self-care or any of that. So yes, yes to your question, absolutely. Um, why was it important to you uh, to sort of integrate a lot of these different modalities? Because it looks like just from, you know, the, the certifications that you have, you know, you, you have uh, just kind of this wide breadth of, of different experience and, and skill set. You know, why, why that instead of, you know, just saying, you know, I'm going to just be a hypnotherapist and kind of like leave it at that? Yes. Thank you for that question. I love that question, actually. The reason is because we cannot expect every individual to heal the same way. The way I work with my clients is very much based on their specific needs. While one person responds incredibly to hypnotherapy, another person responds incredibly to breath work, another client responds to the combination, another client uh, responds to hypnotherapy, breath work, and EFT, emotional freedom technique. And so like coaching is always a part of my sessions regardless, because through the coaching, I'm able to support and guide my clients and give them exercises, tools, techniques, lifetime skills that we're not taught in school, nor have many of our parents known these things. It's very rare. It's when I hear my clients saying, oh, my mom is all into this, are the ones who are, you know, the 18-year-olds, the 16-year-olds, the 15-year-olds whose parents are, have kind of gone through that journey of the spirituality and the self-help and, and, but many, many, many of the population in the world, they, this is fairly new to them, which is so unfortunate because it's not new at all. Many of these modalities like breath work that I do with my clients has been around for thousands of years and we're just tapping back into that wisdom. Right. So what, uh, what was kind of like the, the process of, of adding all of these different things on? Did you, so you, it sounded like from, from the narrative that you, you sort of started with hypnotherapy, hypnotherapy. and then all Correct. the other 
things just kind of come up, yes. you, you kind of built off of that? Yes, absolutely. And the modalities that I work with are modalities that have resonated with me, that have helped me personally in my own healing many years ago. And each one that I add to my toolbox is because I have a strong heartfelt belief and trust in each one. I don't just work because there's thousands of modalities out there in the world, but I only tap into and learn and not even learn. I always tell my clients, we're not learning anything. We're remembering what we already know from many lifetimes before. And so it's, it's just the ones that resonate with me deeply are the modalities that I work with. And as I continue to add more, um, whether it's supplements that I, you know, um, research and watch many documentaries on that I, you know, share with my clients. So there's, there's many, many ways that I always tell my clients to in helping you. I also want to help support your family and friends around you. And so my clients often tell me that you, you're just working with me, but I'm noticing the people around me are shifting with me. And that's the whole point because once you raise your vibration, you just, begin to spread that love around to everyone around you. So right. that's the journey. <laughs> and then what a, another interesting thing that I saw on your, your one pager, what, what made you go, uh, go back and, and get a master's in psychology? Cause it seems yes. like that, that's something, um, I mean that I'm assuming that, that none of these sort of techniques or any, any of this was covered at all in that program. Is that not at all? Say? Not at all. So Honestly, there's two reasons why. First of all, um, in my culture, we're always about, you know, the more educated we are, the more degrees that we have, the more kind of, I don't know, confident we feel. So initially the journey that I took, because I did hypnotherapy school and master's in psychology at once, the same year I started, the same time I started both while the hypnotherapy school ended after a year, my, um, my master's degree program went for another year. Um, but the reason that first it was that, and, and more so for, for people that come to me, for them to know that I have a solid background on how the mind works and how the emotions work, that was one of the reasons. And the second reason was, um, I mean, my goal initially from the beginning too was to work with doctors. And of course, you don't want to just tell them I'm a clinical certified hypnotherapist. You want to also tell them that you have a master's in psychology because the two, I always believe in both worlds coming together, Eastern and Western, not one or the other. Because to me, when they come together, it just, it's a beautiful connection that happens. It's, it's more powerful. So that's right. one of the reasons or two of the reasons why I did the master's in psychology. Right. It reminds me of the uh, a conversation that I was having with an old uh, an old boss. The, he was a director of behavioral health um, at this at this clinic that I was working at, and he was sort of talking about he was telling me about the different degrees that he's gotten and sort of how it. The reason that he did it was that he could he could then hold his own in conversations with all of these different types of people. So he could speak the language of psychiatrists. He could also speak the language of nurses. Like it was. And then he basically explained that it was so, you know, kind of so no one could, could, uh, could dupe him, you know, that he could understand yes. like all of these different things that yes. what you were just saying there really reminds me of that. 
Absolutely. Yes. Because I mean, honestly, 11 years ago when I started this, when I used to talk to certain doctors, because not all doctors are open to this, but since 2012, let me tell you, I've had many clients who have come to me saying, oh, I, I ended up in the emergency room multiple times because of panic. And finally, like one of the doctors told me, you need hypnotherapy. This is not physical. This is emotional. Go see a hypnotherapist. And I'm grateful and and happy to hear that over the years, more and more doctors, I even have clients who come from a psychologist, uh, who their own psychologist says, you know what, there's certain things I can support you with, but here's our other things that I think you need to do subconscious, deeper work and go see a hypnotherapist. Or when my clients come to me and they also see their psychologist and they tell them I started doing hypnotherapy and their, their psychologists are extremely happy to hear that because genuinely they want to be of service and help their client not to tell them, oh, don't do that. Oh, that's dangerous. Or that's what, whatever that some people may think. But 11 years ago, 12 years ago, when I even technically like would talk about hypnotherapy, some doctors would give me the face like, what is that? <laughs> so you, you've observed that, like the shift in attitude that's yes, happened. Yes, absolutely. Very much so. Has it yep. been like sort of a slow progression? Like people have become more and more open-minded to this sort of stuff? I, or did it change this I specific think point? So. Um, I think so. Like I said, like 2012, remember how they were saying the Mayan calendar, it's the end or whatever. I honestly f feel like it was at the end of an era, uh, era and a beginning of kind of like a new age type thing because I noticed the shift in people's mindset and... And I'm very, you know, respectful, even with my clients of what they're comfortable with discussing. Like not everybody is comfortable with past life regression therapy idea. Not everybody's comfortable with, you know, other certain things that I, you know, if I talk about spirits or, <laughs> but luckily my clients that come to me, they're very open to all of it because in reading my website, they know what I'm about. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then tell me about, I, I am assuming that business degree um, probably came in handy with like, I wanted to find out how you sort of turned all of this stuff into, into a business. Um, you know, I really like the layout of your website and it's, you know, how, how was that? Was that a difficult process or did you already sort of have the, the skill set to, to do so? So um, to say that I had the skill set to do so, no. I, and some people think I am very interesting when I say lots of surrender has happened because this, the website that you see now, of course, is it's 11 years in the making and it's my, actually my third website that each one that I built, it, you know, it gets outdated and you want to make changes. And this is the most recent one from June of this year that I'm really proud of. And it's just information that keeps getting added each time that I add something new to my, you know, world and practice. But at the same time, to say that the business school prepared me, I couldn't say that. I, 10 years in accounting, I always question why did I spend 10 years in accounting? But I'm grateful now to say I understand why, because many healers have difficulty in the, with the financial aspect of the business when it comes to healing work. 
And I'm grateful to say that my accounting background really prepared me because my best friend does my books and she's my CPA. And she always tells me like, you're the one healer I work with that I don't go crazy with the with your, you know, you know what you're doing. <laughs> you don't make a mess of your, you know, you know where the money's coming from, where it's going, and how you pay. You know what credit card to use. Just one credit card for the business, and so it's. I would say more so the accounting has helped support me, um, but I don't deny. I mean, I'm grateful for my degrees, although I have lots and lots of student loans. <laughs> 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 don't we all? <laughs> um. So that's interesting. So with, when, when you were, when you were sort of, I guess, uh, like experiencing, I guess, first experiencing the different, like sort of healing modalities that you ended up starting to work with, like when you think back to like, when you first started, did you have that confidence that, that it was, you were going to be able to make it into a successful business or were you, did it, did it take a lot in order for that to come together? Like, did you see, did you see the vision of what you wanted it to, to end up going to? I, for me to say that I clearly saw the vision 11 years ago, uh, I didn't, but I had a determination. I said, this is it. And this has to be it because if this isn't it, I don't know what else is. And it just, and also to be honest with you, since I started hypnotherapy school from day one, I just felt like I woke up, I found myself and everything just, maybe it's not the fair word to say everything, but most things was just flowing more effortlessly in my life. Like I graduated with, I don't know, maybe a hundred to two, 300 students from HMI. Uh, I graduated with them and only a handful of us are actually practicing now full-time practicing so many just went right back to their careers but for me it was just like I am determined I so so I think one of the reasons why I stuck to this so so strongly is because I forgot to mention when I was in accounting I used to drive I always to drop off my kids at daycare and drive to work and cry in the car every day and while I was in the car driving to work crying I would just say God help me I want to help people. I want to make my own hours because I, I just felt honestly that the corporate world was, it may be for some, but definitely not for me because I could not stand the fact that I was being told when I can take a break, when I can go to the restroom, when I can leave, when I can come, when I can take a vacation. I just, I just honestly think that corporate world itself has to change. That's why to me, quote, COVID is, we may look at it as such an awful thing, but it's such a blessing in disguise because so many people are now working from home. They have a life. Nobody's micromanaging. Nobody's standing over their heads. That's just, honestly, we're adults and there's no reason for people to be treated that way. And I kept hearing that over and over. And now my client's who are working from home, they're much more peaceful, much happier. And I hear many companies um, are shifting that and no longer want to do because people don't belong in cubicles with no windows. They don't, they're not sorry to say, but rats. Amen. And it's just inhuman. It's inhumane. I, I, I was one of those individuals and I, it just emotionally takes a toll on you. It's, it's not fair. No one needs to be in a cubicle. Honestly, I'm just, 
corporations may not like me for saying mm -hmm. this, but gotta be honest, it's, it's just, it's not humane to do that. Sure. We don't even put our animals in cages. I, my dog is running around the house all day long, enjoying himself. I don't put him in a cage. Why do people, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry about that. I don't no know worries. what happened. It just hey, went off. The, the perks of this not being live, right? Uh, Easy yes. to just edit exactly. that out. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Let's see. Uh, are you able to turn your video back on? Or yes. Let me ask. Okay. There we oh, go. Perfect. Yes. I'm glad this is not live. I don't know what <laughs> happened. It just completely yeah corporations did not like me saying that <laughs> uh, yeah zoom zoom heard you doing that they shut it right off <laughs> uh, <let's see. laughs> where were we <laughs> um well actually now might be a good time to to transition into my like the next question i wanted to ask you is like sort of the the skill set that that you've found that you've had to develop when it comes to working with your clients and when it comes to like you, uh, you having done this for over a decade um, and getting more and more experienced and, and better at probably, you know, treating and, and, you know, whatever issues that come up with clients, like what sort of, what sort of things is it, is it intuition? Like when you kind of figure out, okay, this, this client would do well with this therapy or like, how do you, how do you sort of go about that? Yes. That's a beautiful question. I love your questions, by the way. Okay. So you're welcome. So um, very much intuition is a part of my sessions, which is why, especially with hypnotherapy, it's not like traditional therapy where you constantly are talking about the same issues over and over and over and you're stuck in the story and you're stuck in the past. The work that I do with my clients is really about setting a foundation and building from there. Because if you don't have a solid foundation, which is my first session with my clients, that's typically two hours long that I give my clients a good an hour and 15 minutes to give me a background information because much of our obstacles come from our childhood, unfortunately. <laughs> but first we need to clear that clutter. It's kind of like if you don't clear the clutter, if you don't clean it out, then you can't just add positivity to it because then eventually it's going to crumble. It's going to collapse because the foundation is not solid, is not clear, is not of peace, of love. So much of the work that I do with my clients begins from childhood to the present, whether we're doing inner child work or anything else. But having said that, every session, I always tell my clients, think of this not as traditional therapy, but at real time, like in the now, because from session to session, every client comes with a different process of what changes they've noticed, what has come up, uh, come up for them. So for me to plan, have a plan and just apply that to every client, it will never work. So much of it is based on what my clients, when they come back for second, third, fourth session, 
and we talk about it and and mind you our sessions are not like traditional therapy they don't they're not for years and years it, they're it's short term and permanent on average four to six sessions the individuals who even have PTSD or trauma are able to clear much of those blockages out so and and because of that each session has to be an intuitive in a in a sense so based on what my clients tell me I just check in energetically and I tell them, okay, today, and sometimes when my clients have already experienced multiple types of modalities with me, I tell them, what are you feeling today? I'm feeling this. What do you feel? And my clients always say, you know, I fully trust you because I've had sessions where clients came in to do passive regression therapy session and it turned into a hypnotherapy session or vice versa, because I look at their intentions and I say, well, Based on your intentions, this modality will be better for you. It will support you. It's not what we want. I always tell my clients it's what we need because what we need always exceeds our expectations. Now, my clients, there's not been a client that said that came in for, let's say, passive regression and we ended up doing hypnotherapy or vice versa, or I came in to do hypnotherapy, we did breath work that didn't come out and say, oh my God, that's what I needed. So I always follow the guidance within my intuition and I also, of course, address it with my clients. It's not like, this is what I feel. This is what we're going to do. It's never like that. I always check in with my client and get their consent because this is their healing. And I'm not here to take control of their healing. I'm here to support their healing. Sure. So, you know what? Let me, let me ask that question slightly differently. So I asked, what I just asked you is about what sort of skills um, that you, that, you know, you need to possess in order to, you know, help your, what, but now I want to know what, what skills or what sort of uh, attitudes or mindset uh, is required from, from the clients in order for, for all of this stuff to work? Like what, what have you noticed in the people that, you know, make really good progress versus maybe ones who are more resistant? Yes. So that's a great question again. And there's, I mean, for me to say there's anything specific because I've, I have clients from all walks of life, from judges to prosecutors to SWAT team members to the average student. So to me, it's not so much so how they, because I also have a lot of clients who are doctors and even psychologists, psychiatrists who come with a more of the left brain logical kind of aspect. But even then, I've had clients who did not specifically say I'm a skeptic because they wanted to be, you know, kind and, and they didn't want to whether, you know, hurt my feelings or whatever. But at the end, they always, their response is, oh, my God, I honestly did not think this was going to work. Oh, my God, honestly, what was that? Oh, my God, honestly, like I'm feeling changes because the power is within us. It's not outside of us because that's the problem that everybody thinks our world is outside in and our world is inside out and once we tap in within it's our world can change i mean the first thing my clients really notice after our session skeptic or not is i feel so much lighter i feel more peaceful it's like the world feels brighter and all of that but of course i also am very selective in how I don't schedule every client that contacts me when I see a client that is not sure yet and they're questioning too much and they're doubting themselves. What if, what if, what if, what if? I always let them know. And there's no rush whatsoever. 
call me or anyone else whenever you're truly ready. So most 99% of my clients that call me, it's like, when can I see you type of thing. So that already is that open door because no one can ever be forced. I have a lot of clients from my own culture too that call me and they say, can you help my husband? Can you help my child? I'm like, does your husband want help? Does your child want help? Like you can't just force people into healing. They have to be ready for that. So there has to be a tiny bit of opening of willingness, I think, is what you're asking. And I'm, I'm going to say willingness to help themselves because even if we don't feel, because many, many, many people don't feel worthy of love or of being happy or they feel guilty because they've made mistakes in their lives and they're just like, who am I to deserve happiness? It's like self-punishment in a sense. But there's still that inner voice that continues to nag every individual and saying, you may think you're not because that's the ego really talking, but you truly are worthy. And that's when clients say, I can't take this anymore. I need your help. So that's kind of, it's the willingness. Right. I know I, I, I've, I've said a lot, but it's the willingness to help themselves. Sure. Sure. So I, I guess you, you mentioned a few things right there, um, sort of like the, the feelings of, of un, unworthiness. Um, what, what other sort of, uh, I guess, complaints or issues, like the core issues do you see that, that are facing, like, you know, you mentioned kind of these like, you know, high profile, you know, kind of people that are very successful, attorneys, whatever, business people. Um, what, are, what are the common, like, sort of, I guess, emotional blockages that, that you see most frequently? So the main, really, the foundation or, or the, the main umbrella of that is lack of self-love and lack of self-worth and acceptance. And underneath that comes anxiety, depression, panic, um, self-destructive behaviors, addictions, um, blockages. So many of my clients talk about blockages. Um, what else? Like just the emotions spiraling down, relationships are getting affected and work is being affected or some of them, they just completely like shut down um, to uh, fear. Fear is also because the ego is always in the fight, flight or freeze mode. Uh, fear is a big thing as well. And lack of self-love and lack of self-worth and knowing or remembering who we are, that we are spirit beings having a human experience. Because oftentimes our world, what does it do? It switches the roles and people feel like, oh, I'm just human. And so they start feeling this big. And when you start feeling this big, what happens? You just feel smaller and smaller and your problems and fears feel bigger and bigger. And because of that, you, know, you lose control and it just takes a toll. And then those, those main things turn into the symptoms, which are the emotional the, uh, kind of destruction that starts to happen internally. Right. And, and is this stuff that you feel like, I think you mentioned uh, like doing sort of like inner child work or whatever. Um, do you think that a lot of this sort of inability to, to love oneself or not feel worthy, like, does it often, do you think it often starts like in childhood and then it just kind of like creeps its way back, you know, while, while people are adults or, or can it develop in other ways? Yes, most of the time it does because the first seven years of our lives, we're sponges, our 
logical brain is not developed yet. So there's no analytical part of the brain. So every information we take on the first seven years of our lives is the foundation. So how we're treated and what we see, what dynamic we're growing up in, family, relationships, parents, all of that has everything to do with much of our future. I oftentimes tell my clients, do you realize your five-year-old self is running your life or seven-year-old self is running your life or three-year-old self is running your life? Because if you notice in our lives, when things don't go our way, how do we feel inside? Many of us, if not all of us, we throw tantrum. What do you mean? That can't be it. That's the inner child reacting to a situation like, I want it this way. I want this. I need this. And then we spiral down or rejection hits us or all of that. Because between seven to nine years old, that logical brain begins to develop and it starts to kind of judge and analyze and label everything. We start to look at every situation as bad or good or pretty or ugly or this or that and everything just, and then depending on what our life has been more of, do we have more negatives in our subconscious or more positives or do we have more of a balance? That's when people realize that, okay, I'm not, I'm not balanced. There's, if there's more positives, great. You're a more positive person, which is why people end up always saying I'm a more positive person because they have more positive kind of subconscious um, memories. And then some people say, Oh, I've been negative all my life. I can't stand this anymore. My mom was negative or my dad was negative or da, 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 because they have more negatives. And so what do we do together? We bring it back to balance. Cause it's not about er erasing because some of many contact me and they ask me, can you erase my memories? And I say, nope, that's not what this is about. It's about cutting the emotional cords to the stories. It's not about erasing the stories because every experience we've had in the past and present has a lot to do with who we are today, how we've grown from it, what we've learned from it, what we've achieved from it. So there's no erasing. There's just cutting emotional cords to stories so that it's the story doesn't overwhelm you and own you. You own the story. And when you tell the story or think of the story, there's not all of that emotional charge that's going out. Right. Right. Well, Christine, uh, we're coming up onto the end of the show. I really enjoyed our discussion. One last question for you. Um, you know, for, for people, uh, you know, say who, I mean, I guess everyone being affected by COVID, you know, and, and people are struggling with depression and anxiety and all these different things. Where, uh, like, what sort of simple kind of tips or, or recommendations would you have for that? Like, those people, like, like where to start? Yes. So two recommendations, because I see this happening with everybody now. Everyone is so cluttered in their mind that they're just overwhelmed and losing control mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. One way I would say is journal, 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 everyday journal emotions, but do not keep those journals. It's not meant to be in a notebook. It's meant to be on a notepad or loose pieces of paper, journal and toss, journal and toss, because that's a very, really good, productive and powerful way of venting. Because as long as we don't vent, it's kind of like you keep uploading information to your hard drive. I mean, to your consciousness, which is the desktop, and then goes into the hard drive if you don't release it, which is the subconscious. So really venting helps a lot. And secondly, breathe. 
so many people are just so locked up and locked in now that they're not even breathing. I always remind my clients, take a deep breath and not through the chest because much of people in our society that, that are having anxieties because they're just doing the shallow <laughs> breathing and that doesn't serve us at all because that doesn't get us enough oxygen into the brain. And so I always remind my clients, do deep, slow belly breaths. And that will alone that will support you in clearing the mind and clearing the body and just just one breath even makes a difference. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Christine, if, uh, if people want to find out more about your work, uh, where, where would you direct them to? Yes. So they can go on my website, www.journeystoheal.com. That's J-O-U-R-N-E-Y-S-T-O. H-E-A-L.com. And they can see all the services that I offer, the programs that I have, the chakra healing program, the fear releasing program, which is ideal for now because so many are experiencing the imbalance energetically and emotionally. So um, of course, I every year I would do retreats, but now things are different. So <laughs> we're trying to plan a local retreat, but that's still in the works, trying to make it safe so that everybody, um, we can have a smaller group and a, and a safe group, but all that information is on my website. Great. And they can also see my book, Living Through Choice, remembering that we all have a choice in how we choose to live our lives. And our choice is how do we choose to be in here so we can be in the body and in our environment. So very important. A choice to be negative or a choice to be positive can be a completely different life. Got it. Awesome. Well, for those listeners who enjoyed the show, go ahead and like and subscribe to our YouTube channel where Roscoe's Wetsuit. And you can also find audio versions of the podcast available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, just about anywhere else you can find audio podcasts. And you can also go to Roscoe's Wetsuit Podcast.com where you can find links to all of this stuff. Uh, Christine, again, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Really enjoyed our discussion. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely.